Well, welcome to this edition of Side Notes. This is going to be a little bit of a different of a podcast time for us because it's our first time in our podcast this year that we're actually going to have a guest with us. So I have sitting with me today uh, Ian Ferguson, who, if you come to our church, you should definitely know. If not, you've got to get around in the pews a little bit more um, before service and after service. But Ian is going to be here today talking to us about the life of Joshua. I think it was three or four years ago, uh, Ian took one of those uh, summer Sunday school months that we had, and his topic was on the life of Joshua. And so that's why, as we are reading through Numbers and Deuteronomy and then getting to the book named after Joshua, I thought it would be uh, great if Ian could come in with us and just tell us some of the things, share with us some of the things that you learned from the study so that we can have maybe not the benefit of a full month of Sunday schools because we don't have that much time, but just some of the, uh, the big things that will help us understand Joshua uh, and his life a little bit more. So, Ian, what initially brought you to study the life of Joshua that you then shared with us in Sunday school a few years ago? Sure. It's a number of things really kind of putting my own personal interests and in what I saw in Scripture together, but one of the things that I've always enjoyed is reading biographies because it gives us an opportunity to get to know people that we wouldn't get to know otherwise and find out more about them and why they were successful, maybe why they weren't successful in some cases. <laughs> and in a, in a biography that my dad gave me once, he wrote in the inscription, uh, when a man's life leaves a lasting impact, it's worth asking why. And when we come to really the book of Joshua and we look at the beginning of the book of Joshua where we have this man who is dealing with a very important transitional time where he is assuming leadership and he's be being given such an important task that the Lord is taking the time to meet with him personally to instruct him on this task. And then when we go to the end of the book of Joshua and we see that he really succeeded in accomplishing that task, that he was faithful to it, it does make us say, why? This is a man who left a lasting impact. Why did he? But the wonderful thing is that unlike some other people in Scripture, a guy like Epaphroditus comes to mind where we know wonderful things about him, but we don't know what they were. We have a high view of him, but the details aren't provided. In Joshua's case, especially when we rewind into the Pentateuch, one of the things I had noticed as I read the Pentateuch for myself was that it does answer that question. Why? Because throughout the Pentateuch, there are a number of short accounts that tell us about Joshua. They tell us who he was, and this name keeps popping up even before we've been introduced to the fact that he's going to be the leader of Israel. And in many cases, it's passages that are really there primarily for some other purpose. But along the way, they're, they're shining the spotlight on this man who will be the future leader of Israel and really given a very tough task because it's so hard to be the next guy. Moses was one of the greatest leaders in human history. And he was Joshua's mentor. And Joshua had the responsibility of stepping into his shoes at a very critical time in the nation of Israel's history. And so those are some of the things that drew me to him to say, number one, we want to know. And number two, we can know because scripture tells us. That's great. So some of those passages about Joseph, they're almost better re read and understood in hindsight because he might not be the most important guy. But... Looking back, you say, oh, now I know why this little detail was included by the Holy Spirit. 
Exactly. It wasn't a complete surprise because by the time the people of Israel read what Moses had written, they understood the significance of Joshua. And we do as well as we read scripture with a familiar eye. But there's still this idea that as these things pop up, when they happened, he wasn't that significant yet. It's because of what happened later that we say, oh, this guy's really important. Okay. Well, that's great. So as we come across Joshua in our Bible reading, um, in these really kind of, he, he, he's talked about an Exodus, but it's, it's really Numbers and Deuteronomy and the Joshua that really has the most about him. What are some general things about Joshua and his life that you think would help us understand his significance and maybe what the Lord's trying to teach us about him? It's really twofold. One is the very obvious aspect that he had a role as the leader of Israel. As I mentioned a minute ago, he had the difficult task of succeeding a great leader, really not an enviable task in that regard. He assumed leadership as the children of Israel were getting ready to enter the promised land, so a, a difficult time from that perspective as well. And in his role as the leader of the children of Israel, we're going to see as we read about him, he was not man's selection. He wasn't the selection of Moses. He wasn't the selection of others within the children of Israel. He was the Lord's selection. So all of that is important. But the other thing that when you step back and look at the big picture, there's something else that's interesting about Joshua. It's his name. And we look at the fact that he was originally named Hosea, which means salvation, But Moses changed his name in Numbers to Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. And so this is interesting from a couple different perspectives, but one of the biggest things is that it reminds us of the deliverance that is still to come. The Lord is salvation, but as we look ahead, there's going to be someone else coming, one who bears the same name, not not the same name as we read it, but the same name in meaning, and that's Jesus whose name also means the Lord is salvation. So the Lord's giving us this reminder here that deliverance is coming. Okay, And that's an interesting point because I've heard and I've read before people really trying to, you know, show Jesus in the character of Joshua. You know, we know that there's types in scriptures, there's other analogies that we're able to draw. And I might be getting ahead of you a little bit on this point, but is there anything else apart from the name that they share that you would look to in Scripture and say, yes, this is something that God is kind of prefiguring in Joshua that we see fulfilled ultimately in Jesus. I think so, and it really comes when we step back a little bit and look at what's going on in the life of God's people at this point in time and look at how Joshua's name figures into that, especially asking the question, why did Moses change it? And when we look at when Moses changed it, at that point in time, I think that probably the children of Israel would have most readily associated the name change with the Exodus, and maybe even with the fact that Joshua was also the one who was the military leader when they delivered or defeated the uh, Amalekites. And so there was a deliverance aspect there. And I do think that's part of what Moses had in mind. It may have even been all of what Moses had in mind at that point, because Moses may not have known what the Lord's plans were regarding Joshua. But when we look at it, with the benefit of hindsight, we see that Joshua is also going to play a role in the entrance into the promised land. Mm. And that parallels our salvation in such an important way because so much of God's deliverance was the exodus, but so much was also where they were supposed to be. The biggest reason that being in Egypt was a problem wasn't Egypt. It was the fact that they weren't in Canaan. And the biggest reason that we need deliverance is because of our separation from God. 
God has a standard that we're supposed to meet, and we haven't met that. And yes, the work of Christ delivers us from our sin, but it also delivers us to something. If you take either part of that out, you lose a major part of the picture. And there's this deliverance from and this deliverance to that's a part of both situations. That's great. I think it's interesting, you know, I think it's Psalm 95, which is quoted in Hebrews 3, gives us that idea of the the land of Canaan as being the place of rest that then jo- Joshua, you know, would lead them into. And then Hebrews 4 talks uses that picture of the land and rest to talk about what Jesus leads us into, uh, the eternal rest in that case, just that connection that you just described. That's there. exactly right. Good. So what are some of the other things that we can learn from him? Well, as we look at this, we can see a couple of things. One is that the Lord prepares him. And that's very important because he's giving him a task to do, but he's not leaving him unequipped to accomplish that task. And as we look at Joshua 1, we even see that the Lord's having to remind him, I will be with you. You don't have to do this on your own. But along the way, he's been teaching him and putting experiences in his life that prepare him for the task that he's given him. But then the second thing that really comes to mind as I look at this is this idea that the Lord's work continues and that the continuation of his work comes from his participation, not ours. We look at human leaders and we say they are so important, and they are. But at the end of the day, what he chooses to accomplish, he chooses to accomplish through human vessels, and we get to participate in it, but it's his work that we're doing. That's a great last point, the idea that you know it's, it's God's, the people God sets up that are going to continue God's work. It's ultimately God who's guaranteeing the continuation, not any one person, although he chooses to use us. Um, now, you've had a lot of leadership positions, whether in the work for, in the workplace or here at church. Uh, you're part of a, a mission board. How have you seen that truth that you know God is the one who's going to continue his work as great men do pass off the scene? How have you really kind of seen that play out in everyday life? Two words come to mind. One is the word trust, and one is the word stewardship. And from a trust standpoint, we look at the fact that the Lord does lead ministries through transitions. And as we look back at the great heroes of the faith, and even my own personal heroes of faith that the Lord's allowed me to meet personally, including, you mentioned missions experience. I've had the opportunity to meet the last four presidents of Baptist Missions who I have the opportunity to serve with which just points to the fact that names change, faces change, and so many of the great heroes of the faith are no longer with us. But the Lord's work continues on because it's his work. He puts these human leaders there, but he's the one responsible for the work, and he will raise up the next generation of leaders. But then there's also this stewardship aspect of it, saying that, you know what? We have the opportunity, but the responsibility to participate in what he's doing. It's his work, not ours, but he calls us to do it, and he's allowing us to participate in what he's doing. We have a stewardship to carry that out faithfully. That's great, Ian. Now, I'm not quite sure if we can talk about stewardship because it's not January anymore, or maybe we need to get pastor in here and we'll have like a second stewardship month. But Or people great... could save this and re-listen to it next January. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That is a good point. But thank you, Ian, so much for your time. These are just some general, some general thoughts about Joshua. 
uh, that can help us understand him more as we read through. And Ian's going to be back with us in one of our upcoming side notes to talk a little bit more detail about Joshua's preparation and then his actual selection by God. But we kind of have a foundation to understand what God's trying to do, uh, at least generally speaking, in Joshua's life. So thank you, Ian, and we look forward to next time.